I want to invite you to take a moment, whether it be at the beginning of your day, the middle of your day, or as you come off of a wonderful day, and simply breathe into that expression of the beginning, the middle, and the end. Taking a moment to acknowledge in everything we do, there is a nuance of a beginning, the spectrum of the middle, and the completion of the end. Breathing in and breathing out. Allowing your awareness to be present to all the facets all the stages and all the expressions of an experience. Breathing in and breathing out. And as you take this moment to pause, reminding yourself that any given moment through any stage you simply have an opportunity to be present, to be gentle, and to be transparent with yourself and the expression that you have. And taking now a final exhalation and inhalation, exhaling out and breathing in and noticing the exhalation now as the beginning and the inhalation as the completion. Exhaling out and inhaling in. Opening your eyes to see the room and most importantly to see yourself a little differently. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics, from overcoming addiction, severe depression, to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, I have the privilege to talk with Lindsay, who shares her wonderful experience, her connection to the medicines, and the way she expresses herself Lindsay, it's so great to hear you. How are you coming in today? Thanks, Ryan. I am very excited to be here and talking with you today. And I've got a really nice day ahead of me, so I'm just feeling quite relaxed and thoughtful. More thoughtful than usual and more time to be thoughtful. I love that expression. More time to be thoughtful and more space to be thoughtful. Let's dive in. What what has psychedelics meant to you and how have you found it? How was the invitation accepted to work with these wonderful medicines? Yeah, so for me, my experience with psychedelics started really in, in my teens. And I won't go back to all the stories around that, but I'd say it was definitely in a more recreational type of 
use, but also for me, dance was something that always was a big part of my life. And so it combined with that. And I'd say early on, really did have some spiritual connection types of pieces to it. And yeah, so that was that was my start. And then over the past few years, my experience has been solely with microdosing psilocybin. And that was after a pretty significant period of time. And I'd say some traumatic experiences in my personal life and my work life and a lot of emotions that were difficult to deal with. And it started with a client of mine who had a really great experience microdosing and and he was coming to it from a different place of really wanting to optimize his work and his relationships. And so that got me thinking about it and really looking at options for how to utilize that in a way that might make sense for me. And and that was about the time that I started working with you, Ryan, in the capacity of a guide through that process and realized that I was also missing the spiritual connection that I'd felt throughout my life and and really sort of felt very disconnected with after the completion of my training and schooling and being in this place of a lot of work stresses that were very new. And so I wanted to having stepped into a different experience with my work and and helping people, I wanted to reestablish that connection. And it was a little, I'd say, surprising, really, that my first experience with the microdosing, just really, I felt that a lot. I'd say that was probably the most significant thing I felt with that very first experience. Uh, more about that, that spiritual connection, that reconnection to your spirit, your higher source of expression. Yeah, I at that time, that day, it was very much related to music. There was a, a certain song that I listened to. And then I, I really just felt this universal, I would say, this connection to the world around me and this, what I believe is this larger force or I don't like the word force necessarily but this presence of healing that is all expansive and so just even getting a glimpse of that I'd say that was something that I I really would notice every day even when I was living in New York City I remember walking around and just you know in the mornings kind of saying like am I on my path today like am I connected with my higher self and on a path of where I want to be and where I'm meant to be. And and that was what went away, I'd say, in that period of feeling disconnected. And so, yeah, I had, I had an experience of that that day. It's beautiful. And I Can still... I Can yeah, I ask sure. you about that? Can I sure. ask you about that moment when you're walking and recognizing that path you were on? How did that come to you to start just checking in? Because that's such a beautiful intuition. Yeah, it really is this intuitive sense. So 
like a knowing and, and it's tied to feelings too, probably for most people, but, but that's what I would notice was like a definite feeling in my body of a yes or no. That alignment. The alignment. Yeah. And I think probably that, that honestly, like looking back in that situation that I described as stressful, like I'm sure I was getting these no's, but then the logic part of my brain was like, oh, you're fine. Like, just stay here. You'll just be here a little while. It'll be okay. And then you start to not listen to the intuition. And then it, in a sense, it's like you've walked away from it and then it's walking away from you. And it's not like it isn't there and accessible. It's just you don't notice it anymore and you're not cultivating it. So I think that was a big, big part of what was going on in the disconnect. Sure. And now that I hear you say it, the eloquence that you bring up of acknowledging this conscious mind that has gained so much traction in our personal life and professional world, you're saying you're answering the intuitive yeses far more frequently today yes that i noticed that that there how do is, you do that yes. how do you do that how do you listen i mean to that it question? really how do i listen to it yeah um, how does it come to you yeah well i asked that question like you know something to the effect of is this where i'm meant to be today or even like what do i focus on today and i use tarot part for a big part of my own practice around that maybe it's you know a meditative kind of space too of just creating that quiet for even you know a minute in the morning that the breath that, of fresh air it, yeah it gives you space it sounds like yeah and then even in these doubts of like the mental chatter that's like you're, this isn't gonna work or like what do you mean you're trying to do this thing just reconnecting with the intuition is helpful to stay on track with even you know whatever it is whatever tasks that i'm or projects you know bigger things even relationships that i'm focused on in the moment of saying like i'm am i on my path with this particular thing yeah but often i just kind of leave it open you know to be honest like it's more like where is my focus today and i'd say over the past few months it really has been mostly work related when i look at the tarot cards that come up so that kind of takes me back to like okay here's the path and these other things are probably peripheral and some of them seem to be grabbing a lot of my thoughts or my energy but like if i just sit here in the quiet and listen to my intuition then this is the part where my energy feels like drawn to and it's very more, reassuring it's very yeah, it's reassuring. reassuring yeah and i hear you do something that i don't think we often acknowledge is singularly focusing so when you said oh i acknowledge the tarot reading to be focused on work we don't try to make it about everything else in our life and i think i i've seen that with the expression of my work is we try to think that 
one square peg is going to fit everything, be it work-related, relational-related, self-esteem-related. And what I'm hearing in such a breath of fresh air is, no, I'm going to trust that it's this, and I'm not going to try to make sense of it in other realms if that doesn't feel right. Yeah, exactly. What do you know as the medicine relationship? How do you make the medicine relationship? How do you create that with yourself? How do you know when to use it? How do you know when to put it down? Yeah, I like that you use the word relationship because that, as you started to ask the question, because my mind kind of works this like high species sometimes, it was like, it's a relationship. Right. Uh, so it is. And it's like really just tapping into the intuition with it as well. Uh, and I'd say I it's, it's fairly rare that I well, microdose psilocybin, you know, and by rare, I mean, maybe a couple times every six weeks or so. I don't really heed the very strict protocols that have been developed and with my own process of having people that I work with and physicians helping me with my own health and mental health. We figured out what is a good and and all of that is, you know, good frequency for me. But but ultimately it is intuition and how I'm feeling. You know, for me I use it more for like dips in my mood. But also, if I do have time and it's a weekend or something and I want to be, like, more specifically intentional, more so than on the mood level of looking for some guidance around a particular issue in my life, I'll use it in that way, too. So it really is a relationship. and, And again tapping into that intuition of asking like is this is this the time yeah and i think in that space is such a beautiful expression because we're not leaning on it like a crutch we're not overexposing its use and and without sounding too prudent it's like fostering a consensual relationship with yeah i, I i'm looking for some support and guidance and other times I need to do this on my own and I'm okay with that. Exactly. I love it. Speak to me a little bit about this idea of the homage. What have you learned from this medicine? What What's come about in your life? You speak so much about the spectrum of everything that is abundant in your life. How do you pay respect to what the medicines taught you? I don't know if I really even like pause to think about that so much. I will say I have over the last week or so. I actually became aware of another resource that I have been offering my clients in terms of how to access some of these medicines because a lot of these blends are like the microdosing of psilocybin um, has, of course, like the legal things around it. And so I can't, for instance, myself give it to my clients. But it's something I just, I guess I, what I've been recognizing is that it is just coming to the forefront so much more and really making itself present and available in ways that haven't 
existed before. And so I feel like that in a way is perhaps what it is that there's the spiritual presence to the medicines themselves becoming more available, that, that this is like a natural progression. And so looking at that as this bigger picture of where the potential is as people start to become more aware that this is an option for so many different experiences to help heal people in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I love the idea of it being used for so many different aspects, creative, trauma healing, self-expression. And to come full circle back to how you found this, the recreational aspect, it doesn't mean that's bad either, right? It's this idea of how you can come to terms with both, walk with both. Yeah. And recreational, it just sounds like, you know, recreational can be like a very deep experience as well, I guess. And also what you're commenting on there too, that it's not, you know, it often does like foster these deep relationships with self and and those are perhaps more spontaneous because you're not necessarily setting the intention prior as to you know guiding the experience to be one of like relational connection or whatever it might be but it but again those are all yeah potentials Tell me more about that, because your wisdom in that is being said so clearly, this idea that the spontaneous catalyst of a recreational experience could really heal you just as much as intentionally lying on a mat or doing it with so much reverence. There's so often the reverence kind of gets in the way, doesn't it? Where Right. Like it has to have this like huge meaning and <laughs> you're like striving so much for this, like, what is this medicine teaching me? And then you come out of it, perhaps, and it's like, I don't know what I, what happened with that. And, and you know, a lot of times that isn't the case, of course, but, but that type of like very expansive experience can happen for a lot of people and does within these like kind of like happenstance experiences of like, oh, we were in the forest and this isn't my experience, but I'm just using this as an example of like, yeah. and I really connected with the world around me and felt this deep connection with this friend or this person that I met that wasn't, you know, just these experiences that line up and, and then, you know, the process of like making that, what that meaning is, is really significant. I think that's the most valuable part too, is making sure you don't dismiss the meaning of that wonderful connection just because of how it came to us. Right. I love it. And really at the end of any experience, perhaps this isn't, there isn't that distinction necessarily between recreational and very intentional that, you know, if the integration piece is there, it's like, there's always the learning about the self. Yeah. Tell me more about that, because I think that's super important to give space and air to is this idea of does the distinction between recreational or therapeutic use or intentional use need to be so hard and fastly wired to us? Or what do you see on the other end of it then? As I hear you talking about this, it seems super important. Yeah, just thinking about that, I think it's so individual and 
you know, perhaps there are individuals who are going to feel, you know, safer and more expansive in more of a kind of controlled setting that they feel like they have a set guide and and other people might just dive into it more on on their own. But that, you know, that period of reflection afterward, I think, is the important piece where we're perhaps, I mean, in the more controlled setting that's that's usually set up in a way that people are getting that post experience support and and in the recreational sense, probably not so much so. So that's where like if people are having a lot of challenging experiences that are then impacting their day-to-day life, like that's the piece where they could benefit from that reflection and really get guidance around what might be it and you know how to change the relationship with these substances that are very powerful to best serve what that person is looking for and you know it's like people come to it through like a recreational way when really like it's it is a relationship right so the medicine is coming to them and it's I mean, I could say that for myself too, like that came to me and then what did I learn? And at some point it was like, this is not helping me right now. And thank you for those lessons, but do, using the medicine in this way is not serving me. Right. And that, you know, that is very individual, but, but that's part of it too, is just really assigning that meaning to whatever experiences is happening. This in and of itself, I think, is what we're also coming up against, not to get existential, but this idea of the more and more people I'm talking to, I'm recognizing they're actually putting it down and letting it sit on the altar put it and, and waiting for the invitation to do it rather than just like bang it out on this, like you said earlier, this protocol that we're expected to do to get some sort of attainment. And on the contrary, I'm hearing you say something necessary, which is, let's have a relational conversation with it and not do it all the time. Right. Because it definitely, uh, like anything, can be overused. And usually that's coming not from our intuition, but our mind directing us to, you know have this like you were saying this these attainment kinds of experience like oh i now i did ayahuasca now i've done it like five times i got this i got that rather than all the integration pieces of like how did that how is that transferring into my life or my relationships or my experience of myself self-esteem all the trauma processing yeah. these things that you talked about that's sort of the outset of our conversation yeah, I don't see grandmother ayahuasca having some gold stars for the people that do six cups. Right. Cups. Right. <laughs> Quite the contrary. Yeah. Were there ways that you're walking with gentleness for yourself as you work with this life experience that we have, this embodied experience? How are you walking with gentleness? So for myself in my life right now, I'm very busy, I have a very full life, and so I'd say I'm carving out time to rest and be outside and just take care of the 
more fundamental kind of basic needs of my body and and just you know taking care of myself resting is just a big piece right now fantastic so necessary thank you so much i am so profoundly grateful for your wisdom I admire your courage and the transparency you show me each and every time we connect is so refreshing. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. It's been great to have this conversation today and great to share my own stories. And I look forward to hearing more as you have more of these talks with people because I think it's important for People can always relate to what they hear. They find these relational pieces in, in everyone's stories. So that's really meaningful to me. 